Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hosts, a great guidebook can make all the difference to your guests. My guidebook is made using Hostfully, a company that has a platform just for Airbnb hosts to create beautiful guidebooks. Visit www.hostfully.com pad to get a special offer, a free consultation exclusively for Get Paid For Your Pad listeners. Welcome everybody to episode 114 of Get Paid For Your Pad. And today I'm going to talk about what my plan is for the next couple months. Because as you may or not know, Airbnb has recently decided to cooperate with the local authorities here in Amsterdam and to help enforce the rules that the city has set for Airbnb hosts for renting out their entire homes. So the rule is that you're only allowed to rent out for 60 days in one calendar year. And this has been the rule for a while but they never really enforced it. And so there's plenty of people out here who are renting out their entire homes for longer than that. But now Airbnb is going to make that impossible uh, because they're uh, going to block the calendar after you've rented out for 60 days. So it's literally going to be impossible to rent out on Airbnb if you have an entire home for more than 60 days. So Next week, I'm interviewing an expert on this topic, somebody who runs a short-term management company here in Amsterdam. And so we'll we'll talk more about uh, the rules and what exactly is going to happen on the Airbnb platform. But uh, I've already decided uh, what my next move is going to be. The options that I have is, you know, I could rent out partly on Airbnb and use some of the other platforms such as VRBO, HomeAway, Booking.com, etc., but uh, in Amsterdam, Airbnb is really the dominant player. There, I think there's 80% uh, of, of the market is covered by Airbnb. And so you know, it doesn't seem like a very attractive option. Plus, it's going to be harder to manage because I'll have to deal with multiple platforms. And in addition... You know, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Air, if the other platforms are gonna follow in Airbnb's footsteps, uh, because it seems uh, unfair that uh, they would, you know, ban one particular platform and uh, and not all the other ones. So I feel like there it's there's just not a sustainable long term opportunity here in Amsterdam to uh, to rent out the home on on Airbnb, and so I am going to sell my house and move somewhere else basically but before i get into that uh, i wanted to talk a little bit about how i'm dealing with the situation because i've i've gotten a lot of uh, reactions and from people around the world who have uh, you know sent me emails and, and messages which i really appreciate and and a lot of people seem to think that you know this is this must be a, a huge shock uh for me because you know obviously i've been doing this for four years and i've used the money generated 
through my apartment, I've used that money to support my lifestyle and it's enabled me to travel around the world. And so, you know, losing that, uh, that source of income obviously is, is, is a big shock, but I see it as an opportunity and, you know, it's, it's just something that I can't control. And so there's no point for me being upset about it. Um, it's, it's just the way it is and I have to deal with it. So, you know, I don't really get upset about it. I just start thinking about, okay, well, you know, what's, what's my best option right now? And, you know, the, uh, I recently read a book, it's called The Obstacles Away by uh, Ryan Holiday, uh, which I definitely recommend uh, to everybody out there. And, um, you know, he talks about how when, when something happens in your life that you initially think is, is not a good thing, let's say you lose your job or, or, you know, what happens to me or, you know, any other sort of obstacle that comes in your way. He talks about how in the end, that obstacle is, is a blessing because it pushes you to be creative, to think outside of the box, uh, probably do something that's out of your comfort zone. And eventually that's what makes you grow as a person. And, you know, there's a good chance that your life actually will improve as a result. So that's kind of the mindset that I have. Uh, I see it as a, as a great opportunity um, to, uh, to move on to maybe even greater and bigger things. So what's the plan? Well, first, I'm going to sell my place in Amsterdam. So I'm in Amsterdam right now. I'm uh, going to visit family for uh, Christmas and New Year's. And uh, I have an appointment with a broker tomorrow. And then um, I'm going to go through what the what the exact plan is for selling the place. I've never sold a house, so I'm not exactly sure what the procedure is. But right now, the real estate market in Amsterdam is pretty hot. So there's a, it's not going to be very hard to sell this place. It's, you know, it's in a very popular neighborhood. And uh, by the way, if, if you're interested in uh, buying a uh, two-bedroom apartment in the best neighborhood in Amsterdam, in the pipe, and you're, you don't want to do Airbnb, then uh, feel free to reach out at uh, Jasper at GetPaidForYourPet.com. And the house is probably going to go for around 400 to 450,000 euros. That's, that's my guess. Um, but obviously we'll, uh, we'll have to see. Um, but, um, you know, the, my plan is basically to reinvest that money in multiple properties around the world to rent out an Airbnb and reside there myself for part of the year. And that way, you know, I'll have multiple homes around the world, if you will, and I can decide where I want to be at what point. And that way, you know, I don't have to stay in a hotel or I don't have to rent short term accommodation. I can just stay in my, my own homes around the world. And so the question is, where am I going to go? Well, I've written down a number of conditions that the, my new locations uh, have, to, uh, have to fulfill uh, in order to be a, a, a candidate, I've, I've actually created a, a pretty big Excel sheet and I'll, I'll go through some more of the details later. I've gotten a lot of questions about from people who are also thinking about investing some money in an Airbnb somewhere around the world. So, you know, I think that uh, it'd probably be interesting for people to hear sort of what, uh, you know, what my process is and what I'm looking at. So the idea is to have at least three homes which means that you know every home shouldn't be more than about 100 to 150,000 euros because that's you know I'll have about 400 to 450 which is my estimate um so the first condition is 
in this particular location that I'm looking at, can I actually buy something for 100 to 150,000? And so that kind of excludes, uh, I'd say, most of the big cities in Europe and also most of the big cities in the US. Because, you know, for, for that price range, you can't really get anything in, you know, Paris, London, New York, uh, San Francisco, uh, Santa Monica, Miami, you know, in those places. I, I don't think, uh, you can really get something for 100 to 150 unless it's, it's beaten down or it's like in a, in a very, you know, remote neighborhood or if there's something else wrong with the house, basically. So I'm probably going to look at, uh, you know, the, more off the beaten path uh, locations, such as uh, places in South America, places in Asia, and maybe even uh, places in uh, Eastern Europe. So the first condition that has to be fulfilled is, you know, is it affordable? Can I buy something for under 150K? If so, then the second condition is, well, can I rent out an Airbnb in that location? You know, is it legal? Or if it's not, are the rules being enforced? Because the reality is that in most locations outside of Europe and the US, there simply is no regulation or the government or the local authorities have banned it as uh, you know, kind of as a lip service to the local hotel industry, but they're not actually doing anything to enforce it. So the question then really becomes is if they're not enforcing it, well, is you know, what is the chance that they will do so in the future? And to sort of estimate estimate that risk, you know, I'll be looking at you know, how is there a lot of uh, are there a lot of complaints about Airbnb? You know, is is it uh, is it in the media? Uh, are people demonstrating against it, etc.? Like, if if no one really cares, then there's very small chance that the local authorities will really bother to you know put in any enforcement because obviously that requires manpower, it requires money, and so they will only do that if uh, you know if there's a lot of resistance from uh, from the local population. So the third condition is, well, do I actually enjoy being in the in the in this location? You know, because I, I really want to spend some time in those houses. And so, you know, if I buy something in a place where I just don't really want to be, then uh, you know, it's not really an option. And so what are the locations that I like to be in? Well, I like to be in the US and Europe in the summer, let's say June to September, because then it's nice weather. So, you know, most of the time when I'll be staying at one of my places, it, it would be between October and May. And so I'm looking at places where the climate is really favorable during those months, because I don't really like the winter. Uh, it's, it's a bit cold. And, uh, you know, I kind of prefer the warmer areas of the world. And so October through May, where is it warm? Well, obviously around the equator, like countries like, you know, Colombia, Panama, uh, countries in Southeast Asia, you know, it's always warm there. So it doesn't really matter what time of the year. But, uh, you know, there's also places uh, more on the southern hemisphere of the world, places like Argentina, Uruguay, the south of Brazil, uh, Australia, you know, those places, it's, uh, or South Africa, you know, there, there it's summer when it's winter in the US and Europe. So those could be uh, good locations as well. The fourth condition is what does the rate of return look like? Now, obviously, I, I would like to make a, a decent rate of return, uh, or I should say, a return on investment. And so if I can make 10%, that that would be like really great. Uh, if I can make seven or eight after 
techs and costs, that would be uh, still acceptable. But I don't really want to go much lower than that, for the simple reason that uh, you know I I I will need this money uh, to to support my lifestyle. Uh, you know I'm, I do make some money with some other stuff, uh, but not enough to uh, to support myself, and so. I'll definitely be looking at uh, at at the uh, return on investment when I make this decision. The fifth condition that I wrote down is: Well, what does the long term, you know, real estate market look like? Do I expect real estate prices to go up in the future, or do I think that they might go down or might be stable? That's another thing that is important, obviously, in making this decision. Now, this is a tricky one. Because I don't have a glass ball that I can look in and that will tell me what the real estate price in the future are going to do. But what I can do is I can think about, you know, what's what's happening in the world and how does that influence potentially what real estate prices could be doing in some areas. And one thing that I think about is the fact that there's a pretty solid trend going on where people are starting to be able to uh, work remotely. Now, I'm, I am myself an example of that, but I'm not alone. There's more and more uh, digital nomads around the world, people who can work on their laptops from anywhere in the world. And if, you don't, if you're not fixed to a certain location, then you know, why would you, you know, reside in, in the US or Europe where living expenses are really high and where you have to deal with really cold winters if you could also spend a couple months in, you know, like Vietnam, uh, Colombia, Argentina, or some, some other places where the cost of living is a fraction of what it is in the Western world. And you also be enjoying uh, the warm climate and uh, you know, the interesting cultures that they have over there. And so I think more and more people will start doing that. So, you know, I think there's a lot of upside in, in real estate uh, prices because obviously, you know, the people, if more people are going to visit those areas, then, you know, they have to stay somewhere, which will put an upward pressure to, uh, to the price, especially if you, if you own something that is particularly, you know, kind of customized towards the Western taste. So, you know, let's say... Let's say I'd buy an apartment in uh, in Ho Chi Minh City, the capital of Vietnam. Uh, I know there's already a a fairly substantial uh, uh, digital nomad community out there. Um, so you know, if you think about what what do Western people like, well, they like nice apartments, right? They like nice furnishings. They like everything to be very comfortable. And you know, there, there's probably not that many sort of luxury quote unquote luxury apartments uh, in those in those places so you know that's that's definitely something that I I would be looking to do other than that uh, you know when I think about the real estate market in Europe and the US well it's I think they're both quite overheated I I, I do expect uh, that prices are either coming down in the next couple of years or the, they uh, they might just say stable or you know go up with inflation, but I just don't really see much upside potential given you know how much the the real estate price have already gone up. I mean, I think uh, for example in the, in the US, uh, house prices are uh, higher than they were in uh, in two thousand eight before the financial crisis. Uh, you know the mortgage rates are at, at uh, they're they're a little bit higher now than they uh, were a couple months ago, but they're still extremely low if you compare the rates uh, over the over uh, the last like a hundred years or so. And so, 
you know, I, I just don't see how these rates could stay low forever. I don't think it's sustainable. So eventually they will go up. And as the mortgage rates go up, people can't afford to buy uh, expensive houses. And that will put downward pressure on the prices of real estate. Now, mind you, I'm not a real estate expert. I've, uh, you know, I've only bought, bought one house in my life. So... You know, don't uh, don't necessarily uh, take my opinion as uh, as the truth, but these are just kind of my thoughts. One common question that I get from listeners is, what should I send to my guests before they arrive? It's really common for hosts to send a long email or text to guests with information about check-in and also local recommendations. A better way to solve this problem is by creating a beautiful online guidebook. For my guidebook, I use Hostfully. They have a great product that helps me send all the details to my guests, and it's built for Airbnb hosts and their guests. If you have a chance, check them out at hostfully.com pad. So uh, the, lo- the last condition that I'll look at is, do I have any local contacts in the area? This is kind of important because, you know, it's it's really important to have somebody who manages your your place, right? I've I've been very fortunate to have uh, an uh, amazing uh, uh, lady who used to uh, clean my house to to look after my apartment over the last few years, and she's done an an outstanding job. Uh, I've never had to worry about anything. She was always there in case there was any problems. And you know that's that's just golden. You know it's just it's so important to have that. And uh, you know it's not that easy to find somebody. Uh, so if you know if you, if I have some local contacts already, then uh, you know that that will make it easier for me to find somebody uh, to look after my place. But also it will make it easier for me to find a good place to buy because you know in a, in a lot of these places that I'm looking at, yeah. I, I don't know how you buy a house there. I, I you know I, there's a lot of uh, complexities uh, involved in in some of these areas, and I'll go through the the places that I'm that I'm looking at uh, in in a moment. But um, you know, definitely having some local contacts will will also help me with the the buying process and sort of researching everything. So the places that I am considering, first of all, I'm looking at Santiago in Chile. It's very affordable. There's no air regulation regarding Airbnb at this moment. Uh, it's a place that I really enjoy staying. I've been there in 2011. Uh, my brother is married to a, a woman from Chile. And even though they live in Holland, her family still lives in Santiago. And they're uh, an amazing family. They're a big family. So I have a lot of contacts there. Uh, I, I really enjoy uh, staying in uh, in Santiago. It's summer there when it's winter in in Europe and the US. So you know during November through February is is a great time to stay in Chile. It's very affordable. They have awesome wines, and well, there's a lot of other reasons why you might like Santiago. It's you're very close to the beach, but at the same time you're also very close to skiing resorts. So you could actually be on the beach and ski in the same day, which is kind of cool. And um, you know, I've looked at uh, I've looked at some prices of houses and and sort of uh, the the what I could charge for uh, for an Airbnb and it seems like there's a decent uh, return on investment. Also, you know, Chile is economically a very stable country. It's the most stable country in South America, I would say. So it it qualifies for all the conditions, the major six conditions that I uh, that I went through. And just to summarize, I'll let me just quickly go through them again. First of all, it has to be affordable. 
second condition, you know, is Airbnb legal or is it not legal, but they don't enforce it? Do I like to stay in the lo- in that location? What's the rate, the return on investment? What's the, the outlook for the long-term real estate market? And do I have any local contacts? Now, I've actually created an Excel sheet with a lot of other conditions um, or just kind of like everything that I could think of that you know, somebody who would invest in a certain place should think about. And um, and so I'll, I'll quickly go through all the things that I wrote down and and sort of discuss whether Santiago is is a good you know, good option or not. So just some some uh, in the, in the category general stuff. You now, how stable is the political climate, right? Because you know if you uh, if you buy a house in Venezuela and suddenly uh, the government decides to uh, you know to disown every every foreigner and you, you just lose your house. I mean that could happen, right? So political climate. Should be stable, which is the case in 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 Chile. What's the economic situation? This is important when you think about the uh, the, the real estate prices for the future. Well, Chile is a very stable and prosperous nation in in South America. The government has very very little debt. They uh, they have uh, a lot of resources. Um, and uh, their economy is pretty free. There's a high degree of economic freedom, and there's very low corruption. So. You know, Chile has uh, uh, definitely been growing uh, very stably and very fast uh, over the last uh, you know, 10, 15 years. So I, uh, I expect that to continue. So that's a good that's a good point. Now, another question is, is it safe? Well, Santiago is definitely a fairly safe place. Uh, depends a bit where you go, of course. You know, what, what type of visitors do the, do, does this area attract? You know, are there a lot of tourists? Um, do I speak the local language? That's another point. Well, I do, Spanish. Are there barriers to invest for foreigners? Well, there's not a lot in uh, Santiago. Uh, is there a well-functioning uh, juridical system? That's another thing that's important. I mean, I've heard stories about people buying a house in uh, in Thailand, for example, and then you know one day uh, you 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 return home, and uh, the the locks are changed, and suddenly uh, you know your your girlfriend uh, apparently owns the place, and you go to court, and uh, you know good luck with that. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, the, the, the juridical system is uh, is pretty good in Chile, and uh, that's a uh, that's something that's of concern as well. Another thing to think about is, you know, are there any f- concerns regarding foreign relations? How easy is it to visit the area? You know, do you need a visa? How long can you stay? Well, Chile is it's very uh, convenient. You don't need a visa as a, as a European at least, and uh, I can stay for ninety days. So that's great. Uh, the next category is regulations. Uh, how friendly, how Airbnb friendly is location? What are local regulations? Are the regulations likely to change in the near future? So I've already talked about that. That seems like uh, pretty good. Then, as far as investment, you know, how much do the property cost? What are the costs involved in buying a property? And can I get a mortgage? And if so, what's the interest rate? Now, getting a mortgage in foreign countries is quite tricky, I believe. I, I haven't done a ton of research yet. But in any case, the uh, interest rates tend to be much higher in uh, in uh, countries outside the Western world. So I don't think getting a mortgage is really an option unless I get I can get one in Holland because here it's very uh, the mortgage rates are pretty low. But uh, my assumption is for now is that that's not going to be possible for me because I don't have a job. 
Next category, profitability. Now, what's the demand on Airbnb? Are there a lot of Airbnbs around? Now, how much can I charge? What's my expected revenue? What are my costs? How much income tax do I have to pay? You know, and are there any other taxes like property tax? Is there uh, you know anything else that I need to be aware of? And also, how does demand vary over the different seasons? Because if you're, for example, let's say you're in Toronto, Canada, then the summer might be great on Airbnb, but when it's like minus 186 degrees, then you know there might not be a lot of people who want to visit during the winter. Uh, so Santiago has visitors all year round because, like I said, it's you know in summer you can go to the beach, and in the winter there's the ski resorts that are nearby. Uh, so that's definitely uh, a pro. Last category that I identified is the management. So. You know, do I have any local connections? Which I do. Uh, is are there or if if I don't have contacts, is there short stay management companies available that I can use? Uh, which Airbnb tools are available? Now, I really like using Airbnb tools. Like I use Beyond Pricing. I use uh, Hostfully. I use uh, Iviva IQ. And you know, it's nice that these tools are available, but they're not always available everywhere. So that's something to look at as well. And uh, the last thing I wrote down is, uh, and this is more kind of dependent on the the property that you buy, but it'd be nice if I could install a remote lock system so that I don't uh, necessarily have to find somebody to do the check-ins. So that's uh, that's kind of... Um, what uh, what my plan is and uh, what uh, you know the the research that I'm doing right now. So I I I'd already said I was looking at Santiago. I'm also looking at uh, Colombia, uh, Medellin, Cartagena, Cali, uh, Bogota. These uh, areas uh, is very affordable and uh, also a cool country to uh, to hang out. Um, I'm looking at Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, and I'm also looking at Chiang Mai in Thailand. And then the last one that I'm look last location I'm looking at is uh, Panama City. So those are the five locations that I'm looking at right now. Um, I'll probably have to travel to these locations in the near future to uh, to do some more research on the ground. And uh, if you're interested in following this journey, so if you want to know how I go from selling my house to you know setting up all these different Airbnb businesses around the world, well, if you're interested, I have good news because I'm going to document every single step that I take. Uh, in fact, I've already started uh, and I'll be releasing a new book, hopefully this year, that includes, first of all, uh, my journey. So I, you know, I'll literally describe like, where am I going? What am I doing? What's the experience? What, what are the challenges that I've run into, et cetera. And the second part of the book will be a how-to guide. So in the second part, I'll just I'll just put all the, the different uh, you know, challenges that I ran into, the tips and the advice that I have for other people who want to do something similar. So it'll be a kind of like a two-part book. It'll be a cool follow-up to uh, Get Paid for Your Pad, the, the original book that I wrote. And I'm also going to do a weekly video. I'm planning to do every Friday just to sort of update, uh, do like a two, three, four-minute video just to give you guys an update on, you know, how everything's going. Uh, so if you're interested in that, I'll be posting that on uh, YouTube and Facebook. And uh, I'll probably do like smaller videos on maybe Twitter and Instagram. So if you want to follow, uh, you go ahead and uh, you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's called uh, Airbnb Hosting. And uh, actually, I'm thinking about changing it to Get Paid for Your Pad just to make it easy. And on Facebook, Get Paid for Your Pad and Instagram as well and Twitter. So if you, if you want to be updated on everything 
You can also go to getpaidforyourpad.com slash Airbnb investing and uh, you can sign up for news updates there. So if you if you fill in your email, your name in your email, then I'll send you uh, regular updates about what you know how how everything's going. And also I'll uh, I'll send you uh, early bird options for uh, for the new book when it comes out. So that's uh, that's it for now. I uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, episode. And uh, next week I'll be back interviewing uh, somebody from uh, Amsterdam and we'll talk about the regulations over here. So thanks for listening and uh, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Airbnb hosts in the US who want to maximize their profit, pay attention because Everbooked can help you do this. Everbook provides nightly optimized pricing, a comparison tool that shows you where your competition is at, and a market reports tool that gives you the bigger picture and tells you where the best places are to invest. Sign up now for Everbooked and use code GPFYP to get the first three months for free. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.